Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Previously on Murder on the Space Coast. And like I say, when I, when I first learned about all this, I didn't take it seriously. I was a kid and I thought, okay, I'm innocent. I know that I'm going to get proven innocent. You know, I'm not worried about it. But, yeah, it kind of opened my eyes up. But that's how I was brought up. My mom and dad believe in a system. Now they don't. I started at the state attorney's office at 10-16-78. I left there 4-30-82. And the reason I just plain quit, I couldn't deal with it. And this was at the height of the activities that I find personally repulsive. I'm news columnist John A. Torres, and welcome back to the second season of Murder on the Space Coast, a podcast looking into a series of wrongful convictions in the 1980s that shared a lot in common. The involvement of one particular prosecutor, Dean Moxley, who, by the way, has refused to comment on these cases, an expert dog handler who turned out to be a fraud, and the testimony of jailhouse snitches to bolster each case. In looking at these cases, we're left scratching our heads trying to figure out what the heck happened. Where was justice? I know I keep going back to that word, but is there anything more important in our legal system? Some synonyms for justice are words like fairness, equity, impartiality, honesty, righteousness, and morality. According to the Florida Bar's section regarding prosecutors, it says this, and I quote, A prosecutor has the responsibility of a minister of justice and not simply that of an advocate. This responsibility carries with it specific obligations, such as making a reasonable effort to ensure that the accused has been advised of a right to and the procedure for obtaining counsel and has been given a reasonable opportunity to obtain counsel so that guilt is decided upon the basis of sufficient evidence. I don't know how presenting a quote-unquote expert witness who makes preposterous claims and who has been discredited elsewhere and whom many in the legal community were raising doubts about is being a minister of justice or how doing that is helping to ensure the case is decided upon the basis of sufficient evidence. A local attorney, Sammy Cacciatore, said he enjoyed listening to season one of Murder on the Space Coast, and he emailed me one of his favorite speeches. It was given by Attorney General Robert Jackson in 1940. And while he is talking about the role of the federal prosecutor, the sentiment obviously applies to anyone with the power to prosecute. Jackson says, in part, the prosecutor has more control over life, liberty, and reputation than any person in America. He also says that prosecutors can afford to be just and that it is okay to lose a case. Quote, although the government technically loses a case, it has really won if justice has been done. The lawyer in public office is justified in seeking to leave behind him a good record. Well, that did not seem to be the case here on the Space Coast in the 1980s. So far, we've heard how three men, 
Wilton Dedge, Juan Ramos, and William Dillon were convicted of serious crimes and served years in prison. Wilton Dedge and William Dillon were later exonerated on the basis of DNA evidence. Juan Ramos was granted a new trial and found not guilty. Prosecutor Deed Moxley, who later became a judge, had his hand in all three cases, which included the dubious use of jailhouse snitches, who were compensated for their testimony in the way of reduced sentences or charges, and the use of a dog handler by the name of John Preston. Preston provided the missing evidence in these cases and many others where traditional evidence was lacking, where there might not have been enough to make an arrest. And we know now that Preston was a sham, an imposter who lied time after time and helped convict innocent men. In season one, we heard the case of Gary Bennett, who remains in prison 33 years after being found guilty of killing his neighbor, Helen Nardi. We found articles where detectives were quoted as saying they didn't have enough evidence to bring his case to a grand jury. That is, until Preston was brought in. And suddenly you have evidence. Evidence that is presented as scientific to an unwitting jury. Bennett was convicted and sent to prison. And there's a chance that he's innocent. Go back and listen to season one. It's really hard to understand how the state, primarily Moxley, continued using Preston even after so many had their doubts. Not now, but then. Every attorney I've spoken to says it was common knowledge that Preston was a fraud, a tool used by the state to fill the gaps of evidence. Here's attorney Greg Eisenmenger. Well, he got more and more ridiculous about some of the things he was claiming. Uh, for example, I remember uh, during one of his uh, testimonies, he claimed that the dog uh, could track uh, a moving car uh, by you know, smelling the air, and the air particles uh, you know, were still left behind. So he could, tr- the dog could trace to someone getting in a car and then going uh, <clears throat> up I-95, uh, and he could follow that pathway and tell you what exit uh, the dog got on and, you know, what followed from there. And, you know, you get to the point where uh, it just becomes totally unbelievable. And here once again is attorney Sam Bardwell, a former prosecutor. And I'm sitting there, I'm the prosecutor, I'm a prosecutor, I'm saying this is a really sorry-ass case. But I'm looking at it, and the man, uh, Preston, was so bold in his assertions his lie was so powerful, so enormous, that you thought, he can't be lying because it's too big of a lie. And then I thought, where has this guy been all my prosecuting life? Because all you had to do is take, get a scent sample, give it to the dog. And he had a history of going all over the country. Okay, so who exactly was John Preston? And how was he able to fool so many people? Well, he was a former state trooper from Pennsylvania who opened up Preston Kennels, where he raised tracking dogs. He then made quite a career for himself as an expert witness traveling around the country, helping prosecutors win cases. Preston died shortly after William Dillon was released from prison after nearly 28 years. Without Preston, the state's case against Dillon relied heavily on the word of a jailhouse informant who was compensated for his testimony. Here is Dylan from an interview last year talking about Preston. He was born into your case early on, right? He was, and what a disgrace to the state troopers that he said that he worked for for years. 
I mean, you think about that and you have to believe in the sense of the, the, the things that these guys do to survive as state troopers, but he was a dis total disgrace. And there are still men today that will not deny, will not agree with the fact that he was a disgrace. And that is true. I recently tracked down a former officer with the Brevard Sheriff's Department, the retired Lieutenant James Bolick. I had always wanted to speak with him because, well, his name was often associated with and listed alongside Preston's on police documents. I thought maybe he was in charge of chaperoning Preston and the dog or, or something. I mean, his name is even included in the Gary Bennett case file, which was handled exclusively by the Palm Bay Police. I checked with the sheriff's office to see why Bolick might have been there, and they couldn't explain it. I wanted to ask if perhaps he had been sent by Dean Moxley. Well, he wasn't too happy to hear from me. He said he didn't know why I was bringing this up. He called Preston a fine man, and then he called me a lying bastard, and he told me never to call him again. I really wish he had agreed to an interview. Anyway, here's a man who knows an awful lot about Preston. Seth Miller of the Innocence Project of Florida. Remember, his organization helped free both Wilton Dedge and William Dillon from prison based on DNA evidence. And both men were victims of Preston's deceit. John Preston, um, let's just say who he was first, he is a, a guy who uh, had, a, had dogs and he would um, run around and go to law enforcement agencies, specifically in Brevard County, and offer his services to uh, take his dog and track scents um, to certain areas or um, track scents to distinguish items of evidence from each other. Um, he, he, so he tracked courses and also did what he called scent detection lineups. Um, unfortunately, what we found out about this dog is that, and the handler, is that they're completely fraudulent. That dogs can't do what you know, Mr. Preston's dog was doing. And I think what's important to understand about this is that if the dog can't, couldn't do what he was doing, you know, the question becomes, how was he always getting law enforcement suspect, Mr. Dillon, in this case? And um, the only answer is that he's being fed information about the case that allowed him to understand the facts of the case so he could then manufacture the evidence um, in order to get the conviction. That's precisely what happened in this case. And we think that it's happened in, to as little as 60 and as high as maybe 150 or 200 cases that um, Mr. Preston testified in in Florida. And for all the wreckage he left in his wake in Florida, Preston is probably best known for his dishonest work in the famous Girl Scout murder case in Oklahoma, a case that may have actually cost one of his dogs its life. In what was just an unspeakable act, a man raped and murdered three young girls between the ages of 8 and 10 on June 13, 1977, at Camp Scott in Mays County, Oklahoma. John Preston was brought in to help solve this case, and it wasn't long before the shenanigans began. Here's attorney Sam Bardwell. There was, and you, there was a national jamboree in a, some kind of depression, a geological formation, near an Indian reservation, where the Girl Scouts were all in their tents. So someone entered the tent with a knife, managed to rape a bunch of them and kill them. He left behind a flashlight that had a one of those six volt single cell batteries. They call in Preston. Preston brings in uh, 
crop dusting planes to drop water so the scent would fall from the trees. He was rowed out to the middle of a lake nearby to see if the murder weapon was there. In the water. In the water. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Did you hear that? He had a plane brought in to spray the area with water, claiming it would knock the scent that had risen from the ground out of the trees and back onto the ground. And then even brought his dog out into a lake on a boat where Preston claimed his dog might be able to smell and find the murder weapon through the water? So they, you know, there were people who were sophisticated enough to know this is some bullshit. What he, we found out throughout all the testimony is that, you know, first of all, no dog has ever been able to complete anything like this dog can do. And that uh, some of his most vaunted successes were actually abject failures. Holy smokes. Now, according to Bardwell, Preston implicated an elderly man in the attack on the young girls. The man, a Native American, was later found to be innocent and cleared, but only after he suffered a heart attack and died. Another man, also a Native American, was arrested and acquitted. The case remains unsolved to this day. Now, some people have asked me over the years why Preston's dog was called Harass 2. Was there a Harass 1? Well, Sam Bardwell relayed this little fable to me about that very thing. Was it witchcraft, magic, or just plain old karma biting Preston in the rear? Anyway, because of his work in that case, a Native American shaman apparently put a hex on Preston's dog, Harass 1. Remember, it was Harass 2 who worked on Bill Dillon's case. Harass 1 met its death under the most peculiar of circumstances. Finally, they had found a Native American, and, you know, basically, I don't know how they got a semen sample, but nevertheless, a, he was identified as the real murderer despite the efforts of Preston. And the Indian shaman put a curse on that dog. And on its way back from Oklahoma to uh, Galton, Pennsylvania, the dog was left in a parked car and Preston gone to a store or something. But there was a freak auto accident and the dog was killed. Wow. And so that uh, was part of the lore. But what we found out is that what he testified about was often bald-faced lies. Remember in the last episode, I told you that the state dropped all charges against William Dillon? Well, those charges were dropped, in my opinion, because Assistant Public Defender Mike Parolo was ready to expose the relationship between the state attorney's office and John Preston once and for all. Here is Mike again, talking about that time period during an event we held last year after season one had ended. You go back in the early 80s, um, I mean, that's a perfect storm for a wrongful conviction. There were officers at the time that did not believe what Preston said he could do. A lot did. Um, and I don't know if a lot of them actually believed him or they just said, hey, sounds good to me. This is a so-so case. We need something that gets us over the hurdle. Preston wasn't only testifying in Florida. He also testified in cases in Arizona until, well, there was the murder case against Kevin Roscoe, who was convicted and sent to prison mainly because of Preston. Roscoe appealed and in 
1990, mind you, this is 14 years before Brevard County prosecutors finally released Wilton Dedge, and 17 years before Dillon's release, the Arizona Supreme Court had this to say, and I quote, Preston misrepresented to the court and jury the dog's training and qualifications. He further misrepresented his own background and qualifications. Later it says, The results obtained by Preston and his dog in a number of other cases have proved to be wrong. The evidence in this case indicates that Preston either clued or led the dog. Evidence in this hearing indicates Preston is a liar, a charlatan, and a fraud. Without the testimony of John Preston, the verdict would have been different. The prisoner has sustained his burden of proof and is entitled to a new trial. Eventually, all the Preston cases would be overturned in Arizona, something that hasn't happened here in Florida, especially here in Brevard County, where we know of at least three wrongful convictions that Preston took part in, Wilton Dedge, William Dillon, and Juan Ramos. Remember, Dedge and Dillon were later exonerated. Ramos got a new trial and was found not guilty. All had already served years and years in prison. And remember season one and the story of Gary Bennett? Well, if you remember, Preston and his dog were brought in more than 100 days after the murder to try and link Gary Bennett to the crime scene. Even the supervising officer, Lieutenant Richard Adams, knew that had to be way too long of a time to try and get a real dog scent result. He says he tried objecting to the dog's use in the case. This is a good case. As the commander, I have a problem. As a lieutenant, I have a problem with that. And the reason I have a problem is that... Uh, Number one, I served in Vietnam with canines. I know their skills and abilities. And to come back after this time frame, I, I use tracks. And to attract, that seems to be an extended period of time. And here's former FDLE profiler Tom Davis talking about how he is still amazed that Preston and his dog evidence were allowed to be used in so many cases. Remember, Tom also spent time working for the state attorney's office as an investigator. He calls Preston's use a travesty of the justice system. There's that word again, justice. In this clip, he's referring to the Gary Bennett case, highlighted in season one of Murder on the Space Coast. I will say this, uh, whether it's proper or not, given the fact that the uh, dog case was applied to this, uh, it's a travesty. Regardless, the case should have stood on its own mind and still be able, any case, to stand on its own merit outside the John Preston dog, which is an absolute crime, in my opinion, and travesty of the justice system. Yeah. And, uh, that's I mean, unfortunate. And, you know, uh, John Preston's presence in this case is one of the reasons why we chose it, because of it's very similar to Wilton Dedge and William Dillon, you know. Absolutely. It, yeah. I, I again, I've, I'm a grandfather of long 40 years. <laughs> yeah. I tracked it, and that period of time was very turbulent in in the judicial community. In my opinion, it was, uh, and that use of that canine, which I, I canines are great, but to the extent that Mr. Preston presented that, and that the courts allowed the testimony to come in, I was amazed. Mm. I was amazed. At least one person, however, is not amazed at how often Moxley and other prosecutors went to the Preston well. For Seth Miller of the Innocence Project of Florida, Preston was simply one of the several tools utilized by the state 
as a means to an end. We saw the use of John Preston, um, the dog handler, who was brought in in these cases, um, paid in cash by the day, had access to law enforcement files, so he knew the facts of cases and could really lead his dog to answers rather than his dog leading him to answers, mm -hmm. um, and really just manufacturing evidence. And we saw that in Gary Bennett's case as well as um, Dylan and Dej and Juan Ramos. But what else we saw was that that wasn't enough in many cases. What happens when all your leads dry up? What happens when you're trying to close the case on the coldest of cold cases? How about an eight-and-a-half-year-old murder with no witnesses, no leads, and no real evidence? Well, hey, if Preston claimed that his dog could scent from the middle of a lake, and even through recently paved roads, what challenge could time present to his wonder dogs? After all, we know that rain, wind, and vegetation, and decay, wildlife, and hurricanes wouldn't affect scent, right? Forget eight years. Most experts agree that a dog, like Harass 2, would not have been able to track William Dillon's scent after eight days, which of course Preston claimed during Dillon's 1981 trial. I have an incredible video from July 23rd and 24th, 1982, where the Brevard County Sheriff's Office uses John Preston and Harass 2 to do the seemingly impossible. Here is Sheriff's Sergeant Johnny Manis from that video explaining what they were hoping to do. And Mr. John Preston with his dog, Ross. We're going to attempt to uh, find the body of a, find the scene of a body of a white female that was located here approximately eight years ago. Next time on Murder on the Space Coast, we'll take a close look at Preston's work on this eight-and-a-half-year-old track on Merritt Island and whether it resulted in the wrong person being executed for murder. We'll even hear from John Preston himself talking about that very dog track. Again, the dog indicated the suspect scent on the left side, right side of this tree, in the grassy area right there. And he also came back over and rooted down in and spent a, a lot of time smelling and rooting down in these uh, decayed palm palms. It was very, very obvious to me, and I'm sure those of you that are here now uh, feel the same way about it. There's no reason that uh, he had no reason to go any further. That's where, that's where the thing ended. That's where the body was found. And you, you, the ones of you that actually worked the scene uh, at eight years ago, that uh, you verify that that's where the body was. So that's concluded fact as far as I'm concerned. For now, I'm news columnist John A. Torres, and you can follow me on Twitter at John Albert Torres. That's at J-O-H-N-A-L-B-E-R-T-O-R-R-E-S. And for more information on these cases and web exclusives, please go to floridaday.com. Murder on the Space Coast is written and narrated by me, John A. Torres. The producer is Rob Landers, and the editor is Mara Bellaby. Thanks for listening to Murder on the Space Coast, brought to you by Florida Today, a part of the USA Today Network. Mm -hmm.